learn to give thanks for the little and it turns into a lot when it is mixed with gratitude. Always be thankful. Well, thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or on social media. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. We'd like to share just a little humor A middle-aged woman had a heart attack on an operating table, and she asked God and said, is this it? Is this it? This is the end of my life? And he said, no, you have 40 more years. And upon recovery, she stayed in the hospital and had a major facelift, tummy tuck, liposuction, and she had an extreme makeover. Two months later, as she was leaving the hospital, she got hit by a car and died. She got to heaven and said, God, I thought you said I had 40 more years. God said, I'm so sorry. He's a girl. I didn't recognize you. (laughs) Well, I'd like to share some scriptures over in the book of Ephesians. Just want to talk today from the subject. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. That's a theme that's kind of repeated throughout the Bible. Always be thankful. It kind of reminds me of something SpongeBob said. SpongeBob said, always be hydrating. (laughs) He was talking about the importance of drinking water. SpongeBob says, always be hydrating. So my little girl at home, whenever I need to get her to increase her water intake, I said, what does SpongeBob say? Always be, and she'll always say, always be hydrating. I said, all right, let's hydrate then. (laughs) Always be thankful. Always be thankful. That's a recurring theme that we see throughout the scriptures. Always be thankful. It's a powerful thing to live life with a heart of gratitude and to always maintain that disposition of thankfulness and gratitude. It's a powerful way to live, and it really changes the way that you live, and it elevates your life in so many different ways. It's the best way to live. It's the best way to live. Let's start over in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. First few verses of Ephesians 5 really talks about your conduct, talks about your conduct. And then when it gets into verse 4, now it talks about your conduct as far as how you speak comes into play. So it tells us what not to do. It says in verse 4, Ephesians 5, verse 4, it says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient or fitting or appropriate, but it says, but rather giving of thanks. In other words, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time talking about things that are unprofitable to your life. Don't waste your time involving yourself in ungodly chatter. 
you know, such as gossip or talking about somebody or complaining. That's unprofitable talk, but rather use that time in order to give thanks. So just when you're about to talk negatively about somebody, just stop yourself and say, you know what, instead of me talking about this person, I'd rather thank God for something good in my life that he's done for me or who he is in my life. So learn to replace situations where you're about to say something negative, whether it's gossip or complaining or, you know, you're talking about someone or something you're doing, you know, some obscenity or, you know, just stop yourself and say, you know what, I'd rather give thanks. So the Bible gives us this little technique. So it's just simply stop what you're about to say and then replace it with thanksgiving. Replace it with thanksgiving and it makes your life so much more powerful and that's really what it's saying. You want to catapult your life? Stop negative talk. The Holy Spirit said to me one time, he says, don't speak negatively about people because when you do you are negatively affecting yourself. You negatively affect yourself when you speak negatively about other people. So you don't want to work against yourself. You don't want to work negativity and that negative energy against yourself. So that's why you have to be very careful. And so the Bible tells us here, gives us that little admonition, you know, be careful what you talk about. Don't just run off at the mouth obscenities or talking about people or complaining or murmuring because that always leads to trouble. It always leads to trouble. It's never productive and it never leads to a good ending in life. Here's something that the Message Bible, verse 4 in the Message Bible, Ephesians 5 in the Message Bible, puts it this way. It says, though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, those who follow Jesus have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. I love that. That's our dialect. That's the dialect of Christians. You know, you can listen to a person's dialect and you can tell from what region they're from, what country they're from, because they have a certain dialect when they talk. Well, people should hear us, and our dialect should be thanksgiving. That's our dialect. That gives people a notice of where we are from, who we belong to, and who we are. Our dialect, because we're always grateful, because we're always thankful. Let that be your dialect. Let that be your dialect. I love the way the Message Bible puts that. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without grumbling or complaining. Do all things without grumbling or complaining. You've often heard me tell the story of the monk who went to a monastery and to become a monk, actually. And so he had to take a vow of silence and you could not speak for a 10 year period. And at the end of 10 years, the superiors would call you in and they would only allow you to say two words. And so this monk, after he took the vow of silence, he stayed there for 10 years, superiors called him in and they said, what are your two words? And he said, food bad. And so now he couldn't say anything for another 10 years. So another 10 years went by, superiors called him in and said, what would you like to say this time? He said, bed hard. And then uh, he had to wait another 10 years. Another 10 years went by. He came in. So they said, what would you like to say? He said, I quit. And the superior said, well, that doesn't surprise us at all. You've done nothing but complain since you've been here. (laughs) 
<laughs> so complaining is warned against. We are told to do all things without grumbling or complaining. So catch yourself. Remember, just catch yourself and replace it with giving thanks. Catch yourself and replace it with giving thanks. You know, just replace it with thanksgiving is what the Bible teaches us. Titus 3.2 says, you know, don't speak negatively about anyone. So when you're about to talk about somebody, just stop and say, you know what? I'd rather give thanks. I'd rather give thanks. I'd rather talk about something positive. Now, if you're going to talk about somebody behind their back, say something positive about them. Say something positive about someone behind their back. So always look to bless people. Always look to be graceful toward people and speak a blessing because you want positive energy. You want God's life, God's energy flowing out of you because he lives on the inside of you and so we allow his spirit and his character to manifest in our lives praise God so always replace those things with gratitude with gratitude the whole chapter of Psalms 107 talks about how you know we should thank God for his goodness and the psalmist actually he actually writes the Psalms 107 from God's perspective and God says repeatedly throughout Psalms 107 oh that men would praise me for my goodness oh that men would praise God for his goodness oh that men would praise God for his goodness and so he's basically displaying there in Psalms 107 that the more we thank God for his goodness the more of his goodness we will see the more of his goodness we will see in our lives. And so that's why it's repeated so many times in Psalms 107. Oh, that men would praise God for his goodness. So he's almost begging us to thank him because the more you thank him for his goodness, the more of his goodness you will see and experience in your life. Gratitude works miracles. Gratitude is a magnet for miracles. Gratitude works miracles. If you remember when Jesus was, he had a hungry multitude there. 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So if you add women and children, it's probably 20,000 people there. And he had only a couple of fish and five loaves. But you know what? Jesus, the first thing he did, he took it, he gave thanks for it. See, gratitude causes miracles. Gratitude works miracles. He gave thanks for the little and he ended up with a lot. So learn to give thanks for the little. Learn to give thanks for the little. And it turns into a lot when it is mixed with gratitude. When it's mixed with gratitude. See, some of the disciples, they were grumbling over the prospect of only having a couple of fish. You know, one of the disciples said, Jesus, what are we going to do with two fish and five loaves? Are you teasing us? You know, are we teasing someone here? You know, he was basically saying, I can eat that by myself. <laughs> That's one man's lunch. So he'd say, see, what is this as a tease? But no, they were kind of grumbling. But no, Jesus gave thanks. So, Father, thank you for what we do have. Thank you. For, and gratitude, gratitude worked a miracle. Gratitude works miracles. You'll find several miracles Jesus did. He always gave thanks right before the miracle. Before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he thanked God. Father, thank you. He began thanking God in advance, and then Lazarus was raised up. So gratitude works miracles. Gratitude works miracles. Remember Paul and Silas? 
they prayed and sang praises at midnight. And they were so loud, the Bible says the other prisoners heard them. They were waking everybody up, singing and thanking God. Man, the, the Holy Spirit just fell on them. They were just thanking God and praising God. Man, the power of God hit that prison and shook them loose. Gratitude works miracles. Now, they could have been in there complaining. They could have been there saying, look, I ain't even do anything to be arrested. I'm innocent. I shouldn't even be here. They got me locked up in this dark, damp, sewage-ridden, rodent-infested place, this dungeon here, and I didn't even do anything. God, why did you let this happen to me? I was preaching your word. I was preaching the gospel for you. You sent me here. No, he could have, but he did. You know, he got with silence. Man, they began to thank God. They began to praise God. They began to rejoice, and they thank God, and the power of God hit that place and shook them loose and freed them. And then they ended up even leading the jailer to Christ. Glory, glory, glory. See, the gratitude works miracles. Gratitude works miracles. Gratitude works miracles. So that's why the Bible doesn't want us to put negative energy to work. Always put God's energy to work. And so gratitude is God's energy. Gratitude and praise, that's God's energy. God inhabits the praises of his people. God moves in on that. God moves in on the praises of his people. And so gratitude works miracle. Now, if you look at the flip side, being ungrateful and complaining never yields good results. Look at the children of Israel. They complained in the wilderness, and guess what? They died in the wilderness. The very thing they complained about happened. So basically, God says, the very thing you're complaining about, I'll let that be your life. In fact, they said, God, why have you brought us out here in the wilderness to die in this wilderness? And that's exactly what happened to them. They died in the wilderness. The very complaint they had, God let that manifest in their life. So grumbling and complaining does not yield good results. But gratitude produces miracles. Gratitude is the grounds for miracles. Someone said you can complain and remain or you can praise and be raised. Praise God. Amen. You want to give yourself a raise? No, don't go to your boss for a raise. Just begin to praise. Begin to praise. Begin to praise. And you can complain about your salary or you can begin to give thanks that you have a job to begin with. Praise God. Thank God that you're able to go to work. Thank God that you're able to do a good job. You praise and you'll be raised, but you complain and you will remain. Here are some things that gratitude does in our lives. Gratitude improves relationships because when you're thankful on the inside, it makes you more gracious toward other people. You know, when you're thankful for your spouse, when you're thankful for your spouse, you treat them better. When you begin to thank God for all of their good qualities and you have someone to share life with and you begin to think about how special they are, a good person they are. It makes you grateful, and so now your treatment toward them changes. You begin to treat them better. You love them better because you're grateful for them. Gratitude improves relationships. So anytime you're thankful for people in your life, you begin to treat them better. Gratitude, it improves relationships because it makes us more gracious. When you're grateful, when you realize how good God has been to you and bless you so much, it makes you gracious with other people. Gratitude produces graciousness. You become more gracious. You're more gracious with other people. Gratitude increases contentment. 
Gratitude increases contentment. You remember the Apostle Paul says, I've learned to be content no matter what situation I find myself in. I believe that it was gratitude that Paul had tapped into. Paul was so grateful. He had learned to have such a heart of gratitude. I believe that's what led and produced the contentment in his life. So it didn't matter where he ended up. He was so grateful and so thankful it produces contentment. So gratitude increases contentment. Gratitude warts off depression. Gratitude warts off depression. Gratitude reduces stress. Reduces stress. Gratitude promotes generosity and positivity. You're more generous when you're grateful. When you realize and you're thanking God for how much he's blessed you, you're more free to give to others. It makes you more generous, makes you more positive, makes you happy. Gratitude makes you happy. Someone said that it's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. Gratitude makes you happy. Gratitude makes you happy. Gratitude makes you happy. When you reflect on God's grace and his goodness in your life, it makes us happy. When you reflect on how good God has been to you, it makes you happy. When you reflect on God in your life, it makes you happy. So gratitude makes you happy. There's a verse over in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9, I believe it is, and it says, It's good for your heart to be established with grace. It's good for your heart to be established with grace. Now, grace means three things right there in that verse. It's good for your heart to be established with grace. Number one, grace means gratitude. So God's saying it's good for you to have a heart of gratitude. It's good for you to have a thankful heart. It's good for you to have a heart of thanksgiving. It's good for your heart to be established with grace. Number one, that means having a heart of gratitude. Number two, it means being gracious to others. When you're grateful, we already said gratefulness leads to graciousness. And so when you're grateful on the inside, you're more gracious to others. So when he said it's good for your heart to be established with grace, number one, you're thankful. Number two, you're gracious to others. Number three, you're happy. Thankfulness produces happiness. Thankfulness produces happiness. So that's why he says it's good for your heart to be established with grace because that's gratitude, it's graciousness, and it's happiness. Some of those three wonderful things to have your heart established with, where you have a grateful heart, you're gracious with people, and you're happy. It's good for your heart to be established with grace. Now, grace here means, of course, undeserved favor, unmerited blessing, unearned. It means a free gift. So it's unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor, blessing. It's a free gift and it causes rejoicing. So grace in your heart causes rejoicing because think about what it is. It's unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor and blessing. You begin now to realize what God has done for you. You begin to realize what God has done for you. You begin to realize how he has saved you and cleansed you and washed you and made you a son or a daughter of God. That is now that's unearned. Now you're in the family. Now he's put a crown, a favor on your head because of Christ Jesus. See, that's grace. That's grace. He has crowned you with favor. 
because of Christ Jesus. You have been crowned with favor because of Christ Jesus. See, that's grace. That's grace. It's unearned. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. You didn't work for that. It's because of your faith in Christ Jesus. You've become an heir, a child of God. He has crowned you with favor because of Christ Jesus. That's grace. And grace produces joy. And so when that joy rises up, it causes rejoicing. Grace in the heart causes rejoicing. It causes rejoicing. Listen to this. Now, grace in the Greek is the, is the word charis, charis, charis. You know, you've heard of people that are charismatic. Well, that root word is grace. Charis is grace in the Greek. But it comes from the same root as joy. Joy in the Greek is kara, kara. Charis, kara. So they're very similar. It's coming from that same root word. And rejoice is kairo. So kara is joy. Rejoice is kairo. Grace is charis. See, you charis, you charis. When the charis is in your heart, it gives you kara, which leads to kairo. <laughs> Anybody following me? It's all Greek to me. <laughs> But charis is related to joy. Charis is related to joy because charis causes rejoicing. When you understand what Christ Jesus has done for us, when you understand that we've been made righteous and we're sons and daughters and heirs of God, we're raised up together, we're made to sit together with Christ in heavenly places so that he can show us the riches of his grace throughout all of eternity. He can show us the riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Oh man, God is showing you his kindness. God is showing you his kindness throughout all eternity. He loved you so much. This is where the verse actually reads, God loved you with such a strong, intense, passionate love that he made you alive with Christ, raised you up with him, and seated you together with him in heavenly places so that in the ages to come, he might show you the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward you through Christ. Oh, man, if I didn't have to stay on this frame for television, I would jump straight across these pews. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God loved you so passionately, so intense. He loves you with such a strong love. He raised you with Christ, seated you with him because he wanted to show you the riches of his grace in his kindness towards you through Christ. God's always trying to do kind things for us. The charis, the grace, he's showing us the riches of the charis, the grace. He's showing us the riches of his kindness. He's doing it because of Christ, because we're in Christ. We're seated with him. We're doing it. He's put a crown of favor on you because of Christ. That's what causes rejoicing. That causes rejoicing in the heart. Charis leads to Kara, which leads to Kairos. Praise God. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing them right, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> oh, glory, 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 glory. Man, when you reflect on the grace 
and the goodness of God to us. It makes you happy. 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 Praise God. I'm so happy. I have about four more pages of notes, but I'm just too happy. I'm just too happy to go through them. I'm not even going to go through them. I'm going to shut this off. I'm just going to shut this off. I just want to stop right there because it makes us happy because of what he's done for us in Christ. It makes us happy. That grace makes us happy. That grace makes us happy. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. Always be thankful for everything that God has done for us, everything he's doing for us. Always be thankful. The spiritual things, like we just talked about, who you are in Christ Jesus, be thankful for that. Be thankful that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Be thankful that you're sons and daughters. Be thankful that you're heirs. Be thankful that he's put a crown of favor on you. Be thankful that you've been made accepted in the beloved. Be thankful that you're forgiven, that you're redeemed. Be thankful. Be thankful for who you are in Christ Jesus. Then be thankful for all the natural things. Be thankful that you can see. Be thankful that you can hear. Be thankful that you can walk. Be thankful that you can talk and laugh and sing and play and work. Be thankful. Be thankful for all the big things. Like God saved your life and snatched you out of the jaws of hell and death. Be thankful for the big things, but even be thankful for the little things. I needed a safety pin today, and I couldn't find one, and I prayed and said, God, I need a safety pin. And just before service, I found a small safety pin. Oh, it was miraculous. It was really miraculous. I'm, I'm telling you. That's like finding a needle in the hand. It was the smallest safety pin I'd ever seen, but it worked. It worked. I said, Father, thank you for the safety pin. It was a little thing, and he was saying, be thankful for the little things. Be thankful for the little things. Be thankful for the little things. Thank God for your toenail on that little toe, the pinky toe. Thank God for the little things. Thank God for the little things. Be thankful. Be thankful, be thankful for the little things. Be thankful for the little things. Be thankful for the little things. Be thankful for the hug of a child. Be thankful for being able to eat an ice cream cone. Where's Minister Stephanie? She's not here. I like to pick at her because she doesn't eat ice cream. (laughs) Be thankful for the little things. Be thankful for the little things. So often we take them for granted. Joyce Meyer, who's the number one female minister in America and probably the world, Joyce Meyer said she overcame breast cancer. She overcame breast cancer. And she said when she was released from the hospital, she said all she wanted to do was take a drive across town to get a cup of coffee. We take that for granted. We take it for granted. Be thankful for being able to go to a Starbucks and have a cup of coffee. That is a grace. That is a blessing. That is a gift and you don't realize it until you can't, until you aren't able. Be thankful to hear kids laugh and play. That's a gift. That's a grace. Be thankful to see the rays of sunshine and to feel a cool breeze and to listen to birds sing. Be thankful to see the smallest blades of grass. That's a gift. That's a grace. Be thankful, be thankful for the little things. All of creation is a gift, it's a grace, it's a blessing. Be thankful. Someone said that if stars came out only one night a year, we would stay up all night to gaze at them. 
But because they're out every night, we take them for granted and don't even look at them. Be thankful for the little things. Never lose your awe and your wonder for the gifts, the grace, the blessings of God. The Bible says that God loadeth us with benefits daily. Every day, there's a load of benefits, both big and small. Be thankful for every breath. Be thankful for every hue and color that you see on the leaves, on the trees in the fall. Be thankful. Take nothing for granted. Enjoy every moment. Enjoy every blessing. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. Praise God. Well, I have preached myself happy. I'm happy. I don't know about anybody, but I preach myself happy. Glory to glory. glory. <laughs> Praise God. For those of you who are watching us live, want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You're watching by television and you can uh, listen to this message in its entirety. Always be thankful. You can listen to it absolutely free of charge. You can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to BrothersoftheWord.com. This was the sermon titled Always Be Thankful by C. Elijah Bronner. This sermon is number 7889 at 7889 to listen to thousands of free sermons or to send this sermon number 7889 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.